my wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Questions for God. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. This week we're digging into the Christian teaching concerning forgiveness and we're asking, is the Christian teaching on forgiveness reasonable? Our specialist in the hot seat today is Helen Gray. Helen's the lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. Helen, welcome aboard. Thank you, Gary. It's great to be here. It's wonderful to have you in the studio. I really appreciate uh, the practical nature of the wisdom that you give us every Thursday. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. It's it's really fantastic to have you here. Now, tell me, it's uh, we're almost uh, coronavirus free, I believe, in this state. How how are you enjoying? How are you going to celebrate uh, your newfound uh, freedom that I think is not far away? Oh. Just, just to be able to meet with people face to face. Um, it'll be a long time before I can give everybody a hug, but that one thing I have missed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, I agree with, with you totally. I mean, this I'm starting to get a bit zoomed out oh, at the yes. present time. Yes, I agree with you too. And and some of the parishioners feeling the same as well. They're saying, you know, we're struggling with the Zoom and we'd rather have face-to-face and what have yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm starting to sense a little bit of, um, uh, you know, a little bit of yeah, struggle, I suppose, on that uh, on that front. I think it's more frustration that people are feeling than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very true. Hey, do you get a chance to go out and do any exercise at all? Are you an exercise type person, or uh, I, I actually do exercise, believe it or not, Gary. Um, but my exercise is more—it's a rehab type exercise because mm-hmm. I do have a heart problem. And, okay, and um, so I'm under rehab. But I, I actually love, I used to be a gym junkie, believe it or not. Wow. And, and uh, yeah, a lot of people think, oh, dude, look at now. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I was a gym junkie. But I do like getting out in nature. Yeah. I do love walking. Um, I have a friend that rides her bike every morning. I'd so love to do that. But mm. sadly, I'm one of these people that can't ride a bike. I can ride a horse, but I can't ride a bike. Well, you are very lucky because I can't ride a horse, but I can ride a bike. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's because the horse has got four legs. Four legs? Yeah, the bike's only got two wheels. <laughs> yeah, but uh, bikes don't throw you off. It's, oh, uh, <laughs> you've got to know your horses. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Helen, it's wonderful to have you have you with us today. I really appreciate the things that you do share and uh, really looking forward to what you're going to share with us today. Thanks, Gary. Can I just say, it's been a delight too. I've, I've been helping a couple of people out and I'm seeing all the beautiful trees. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it just gorgeous at this time of year? Yeah. The colour in the trees, it just takes my breath away. And the little bit of rain we've had, you know, up the brossa, it's beautiful and green. Yeah, well, at the just present time, like. I've got two lovely trees at the front of my house, but they're dropping leaves currently uh, into my uh, uh, gut ring. So I'm sort of, you know, in two minds about that. No, uh, you're very thankful they're dropping leaves. That gives you exercise to get them out of your gut ring. Yes, 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 <laughs> I know. I, that, my, my wife says the same thing, actually. Uh, that, yeah. Helen, thank you so much uh, uh, for that. Uh, let's enjoy some music. Uh, Katie Gattafson, um, according to thy gracious word. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. 
Welcome again to Faith FM Drive Time. Big questions for God with Pastor Gary. Our specialist in the hot seat today is Helen Gray. Helen's the lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're asking, is the Christian teaching on forgiveness reasonable? Uh, before we start today, however, hey, one of the things I'd really like to do is to share with you a really exciting ministry that is commencing, that's commencing this Friday evening entitled Predictions of Hope Beyond Corona. Now, this is being presented by Pastor Gary Webster. Now, Gary is a fantastic guy. I actually had the privilege a little while ago um, of of travelling with Gary on one of his overseas expeditions. He, I well remember travelling with Gary through Egypt, uh, through Israel, Jordan, uh, enjoying Petra together, walking through the streets of Pompeii. That was an amazing experience, visiting the Qumran, site and the discovery and considering the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Can I say that uh, Gary is probably a man who is a real full bottle on uh, on ancient history and it's the relationship to the biblical world. I asked him about the program that he's developed. This Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night and Monday night, he's going to be presenting online a really fantastic program. He's developed especially uh, in view of the coronavirus that's currently uh, inflicting our world. Now, guys, can I please encourage you? To, uh, uh, to, to, to tune in and listen to this. I actually gave him a, a call just, uh, um, just a, a day or so ago and, uh, interviewed him and just asked him about this particular program. Love to hear. Uh, I'd love you to hear his, his responses. Uh, this is, uh, Pastor Gary Webster and he's sharing on his, uh, his program that, uh, uh, that's going to be aired this coming Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night and Monday night. Again. This afternoon, it's a real privilege to be able to welcome Pastor Gary Webster. Gary runs an exciting ministry. Gary is an evangelist. I've had the privilege of working with and ministering with Gary over the past few years. I remember on one occasion uh, traveling uh, through a number of countries with, uh, with Gary. Now, Gary, you're probably one of the most traveled people I know. Uh, you have an absolute passion for public evangelism. Uh, Gary, how many countries have you actually traveled through? Oh, well, first of all, great to be with you, Gary. And uh, I'm just trying to, re- you know, I recall, as best I can count, it's about 27 countries. So, yeah, it's interesting to visit so many places, yeah. Yeah, no, I tell you, the um, uh, I, I still remember going through, uh, I think it was Petra uh, with you a number of years ago, uh, walking in through the uh, through the narrow entryway to, to Petra uh, looking at that treasury building and standing in awe and meanwhile you had been there once or twice before and you actually uh, took off at a rate of knots and said guys the thing you have to see is one of the uh, sacrif- high sacrifice locations and I recall you actually running up up, uh, one of their very narrow paths that led to one of the high places. Do you remember that at all? I do. I do it every time I go in there. <laughs> uh, tell me, uh, Gary, what are your favourite places to visit? Uh, 
Well, well, Petra would be one of them, Gary, because especially, you know, the best preserved altar to sun worship is fascinating. But, you know, the Umel Bayara, that middle hill or mountain there, because this is the place where it's believed the Edomites, the descendants of, of Esau, mm-hmm. came. And so they actually have ruins up there from, from way back. But as far as the best places to see, well, I love going to Iran. Mm-hmm. Now, Iran's a fascinating place because you have so much there connected with the book of Daniel, mm-hmm. and that's one of my favorite books. Um, and, of course, Israel. I mean, every turn you take in Israel, you're going to see some history from the past. Mm-hmm. Gary, I, I love the way you actually go and visit these places. You record them, but then you're able to connect them to uh, to, to biblical stories and biblical prophecies. It, it really stands out to me that is it is something unique. Um, tell me, Gary, what's the um, what are your favourite subjects uh, that you that you enjoy presenting on in the scriptures? Well, um, and there's so many of them, but one. Oh, I think. Let me just give you, if I can give you one out of. You can walk through Hezekiah's water tunnel in Jerusalem. I'm not sure you would. Yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. I came through. That was remarkable. That's a, that is still an experience that I share with people today. It's a winner. In fact, we were just, uh, I, I sometimes take, when we go to Turkey, I take them to the Istanbul Museum because you can see an inscription that was cut out of that tunnel and now it's in the Istanbul Museum. But it dates way back to these, these times. Then, of mm. course, they've actually found in, in the, in Iraq, uh, in the places where, uh, the Assyrians had their great cities, they discovered a huge human-headed winged bull. We call them Lamassu. Mm-hmm. Archaeologists call them, and on the flank of one of those is an inscription that says Hezekiah paid taxes to Sennacherib. Now that's what the Bible says. You can see that actually in the British Museum. That one that is really, um, that is really it. remarkable, isn't it? Do you know that what you can actually see there is archaeology and history are actually backing up what is in the scriptures. Absolutely, and and that's why Isaiah is such a minefield for all this stuff. You can see, you can visit uh, the Sennacherib. Uh, sorry, the Lachish. A room in the British Museum because when the archaeologists excavated in Iraq and the cities like Nineveh, uh, which is an Assyrian city, they, they found these huge murals, if you like, wall reliefs, we call them, on the walls of the palaces, and they've taken them all and put them in the British Museum. And this is the Battle of Lachish that's mentioned in the mm-hmm. Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you also have the Sennacherib Prism. I carry a copy of that with me to show people because it's remarkable. This This prism about... I don't know, 30 or 40 centimetres high, six-sided. It lists the cities that Sennacherib attacked. When it comes to Jerusalem, it just talks about Hezekiah shutting him up like a bird in the cage. So you have all these things the Bible mentions that archaeologists have discovered. And, and that's what excites me because in those same books are a bunch of prophecies. And so we have historical, the art, sorry, historical accuracy for the Bible, but also, some of it deals with its predictions, which are dependable. Okay, yeah. and and you put the two together, and it actually becomes a a, a book with substantive evidence that, that backing it up. Exactly. Well, take for example um, the book of Daniel, because that's the other book I love to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's full of see, you know, if if you wanted to, because I I love talking about the prophecies of Daniel and the Revelation, and you want to have a source that 
says, listen, I, I'm predicting the future, you would want two things of that source. Number mm. one, you would want historical accuracy, meaning yeah. Yeah. they get the facts right. Yep. Because if I'm, say if I'm making a prediction and I can't even get the current events right or yep. the past facts right, how can you trust me about what I'm going to say about the future? So you need that. Yeah, that's good. And that's good. Right? So we got that from Isaiah, for example. Then you also need a source that has a proven track record of fulfilled predictions. In other words, it's got a batting average of 100%. Mm. It gets it right mm. again and again. You've developed a new series, however, in view of, uh, I think it's called Predictions of Hope Beyond Corona. Mm. Now, uh, what can the listeners expect in this particular series? Well, what we do is we, 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 we're saying, you know, when, when people look out on the world today, many people are actually very anxious. And, well, we might be. I mean, you know, what are we up to? Uh, three, three, 3.5 million people with COVID-19 and over 230,000, 40,000 deaths. Mm. This is a serious time. It's affected our economy. Uh, big time global. We're not talking about just a, you know, a global recession. They're talking. Economists are talking about a global depression mm, in some parts. Yeah. Now that's not to scare people, but people are worried. So we want to know: is there hope out yeah. there? Yeah. So, so the series actually looks at some of the things I've mentioned. Um, uh, is the biblical writings actually historically accurate? Are they a dependable source to go to for knowing what the future holds? And secondly, mm-hmm. um, are the predictions dependent? And they can be trusted and because the, uh, they can be trusted for by talking about what occurred in the past, we can also trust for what they're saying about the future. Oh, yeah, yeah big time. And, 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 and uh, not only that, but we'll actually... Will actually show predictions that were made 2,500 years ago and 2,000 years ago that actually you can see today are absolutely spot on because they talk about the very times we're living in. This this almost sounds better than Nostradamus. Oh, it leaves Nostradamus for dead. Uh, excuse Nostradamus, sorry, but I mean <laughs> this is, this is phenomenal. I mean I I know of Nostradamus's predictions. He he wrote these quatrains we call them four line rhymes, but some of them you. You can hardly make head or tail of what they're saying, let alone see a prediction in them. But the biblical prophecies are actually very specific that you can say he predicted this name, this place, this Mm. person, this would happen. So it's not sort of guesswork at what the prediction is. It's the predictions there. Now, did it happen? Yeah, yeah. No, that's powerful. That's powerful, Gary. Gary, look, um, we, we, we do need to finish, but now if listeners want to, want to listen in, um, that happens. You're preaching this Friday evening, I believe, seven o'clock, uh, Central Australian yeah. time, seven thirty Eastern Standard Time. Now, if they want some more information, uh, do you have a website that they can go to? Yes, you go to hopechannel.com and then it's forward slash predictions of hope. Okay. okay. Maybe I better say that again. You do uh, that. Uh, yeah, hopechannel.com forward slash predictions of hope. Okay, and okay. they can get all information that they need on this series. Now, yeah. this series commences on Friday night and goes for That's how many May, occasions? Yeah, this Friday, May, May 8th. Yeah, this it's Friday. four nights. So we go Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. 
Okay, so four consecutive nights, and uh, yeah. and listeners will be able to hear you uh, presenting on um, yes. profits, uh, predictions no. of hope beyond Corona. Thank you so much, Pastor Gary Webster. That That is going to be a fantastic series. Now, that series, again, is commencing tomorrow night. That's an online series. Frequently, people pay really good money to uh, be able to go to meetings like Gary is actually running online. Can I encourage you, if, you, if you've possibly got the time, that's 7 o'clock uh, Central Australian Time, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, Pastor Gary Webster are presenting predictions of hope beyond corona Uh, this is something that you will love if you have the opportunity to hear it please uh, log in tomorrow night let's come to gavin chatelier as water to the thirsty Fever, 
the Bible say about the end of the world? Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And that is a fantastic offer. Uh, can I encourage you, if you're interested in final events, please go and grab that uh, that free offer. That's that, that really says some important things about the world in which we're living in uh, today. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big questions for God with Pastor Gary. Today I have with me Helen Gray. Helen's the lay pastoral worker of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're asking one of the really big questions concerning uh, that come in the Christian faith. Uh, is the Christian teaching on forgiveness reasonable? Now we've been talking about this particular question, Helen, uh, all week. We've talked about how God, within the scriptures, uh, God is painted as having freely forgiven those who want forgiveness. We've looked at Peter, Peter and Christ speaking to Peter and says you also should forgive 70 times 7. Then we've gone on and we've said, but hey, uh, what about those big things in, 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 that people have faced in their life? What happens when a child gets, gets killed? Does it extend to forgiveness to, to that level? But Helen, the question I, I really struggle with, I know many people struggle with, it comes from Matthew chapter 5, um, 23 and 24. And th- here's a passage where Christ is actually speaking to his disciples. This is the context is the Sermon on the Mount. And it's a beautiful passage where Christ is teaching his, princ- his principles to his disciples. And what he says is this, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Now, this to me is an incredibly powerful uh, passage of scripture. It's one of Christ's foundational uh, teachings. Be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Now, it, it seems to, a passage seems to assume that reconciliation is always possible. Uh, do you think that this is fair? I, is it a fair assumption? You know, what, what about if my adversary refuses to hear me? You know, how am I to understand this particular passage and act towards my adversary? Helen, help us out, please. Okay. Well, if we look, when we look at what you've just read, Gary, um, the fact that you're bringing the gift is in the context that Jesus was talking about hearts just prior to that. You know, if you're, if you're um, thinking evil against your brother, you, you've committed murder already in your heart. You might remember that was just mm-hmm. before it. And there's a word that says, therefore, mm-hmm. you know, that, that sort of links it in. So it's a, it's a heart problem. Okay, so you're putting this in context. Now, yes. that's, a, that's a good principle, can I just say, mm. to our listeners for actually interpreting and understanding Scripture because it's so, it's so easy to pull a passage out of context. And it's so important when a person presents you with a, a text of Scripture to actually put it into mm. its context. And I just want to say thank you for doing that because I think that that's something that we can actually all learn on learn from. Mm. 
Mm. Nothing scary. Yeah, so it's a heart problem. So he says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, why are we bringing a gift to the altar? Gary? And we bring our gift because we are, we are sinners. That's what actually, that's what the bringing the gift to the altar, that's what, the, how the ancient, um, Israelite nation had sins confessed. They came, the brought their gift to the, uh, to, to the altar. The sins were confessed over the lamb and, uh, um, and then, uh, the sins were, were forgiven. Yeah. And then it's, it goes on to say, there remember that your brother has something against you mm-hmm. because so often we think everything is right you know we confess to our sins mm-hmm. and and God to my way of thinking when I look at this he, he reminds us you know it comes so into God is mind. acting here I believe so you mm-hmm. know he wants to accept our gift mm-hmm. but there is something blocking it mm-hmm. you with me mm-hmm. and and so then he says all right you brought your gift but now leave your gift there and go your way because there is a heart problem here that we need to deal with. He says, first be reconciled to your brother. What does reconciliation mean, Gary? Oh, that's a... You just hate having me here. I, oh, I, I, I do, actually, because you're supposed to be providing us Sorry, with all Gary. the... With all the no, reconciliation yeah. to me, uh, Helen, is very much uh, two people are able to come together. And this is something that within the scriptures I think is, is very powerful because probably the very best example is God's desire for me. God wants to be reconciled to humanity. His desire is that he is prepared to forgive but that I need to request his forgiveness because reconciliation is always a two-way street. Uh, I confess and you forgive, then two people have a foundation to be reconciled. But if I confess and you don't forgive, reconciliation is not possible. I can forgive, but if you do not Respond, reconciliation again is actually not possible. So reconciliation is this act, I believe, of two individuals coming together. Yeah, yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head quite well. However, we do have a problem with that, of course, as well. We do. We do. Yeah. Yeah, we have a very big problem with that. Yeah, And share with us what that problem is, Helen. Okay. Um, It says, first be reconciled with your brother. Now, there's a couple of scenes here, scenarios. Mm -hmm. Number one. A, your brother may not know that something is wrong, but you yeah. might have got that impression. Yeah. There's one scenario. The other scenario could be that, sadly, that person has died in the meantime. Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile with that person? Mm-hmm. That's a little bit difficult. That is a bit difficult. And, <laughs> yeah, and and also you can't always expect that somebody is going to say, I forgive you. Mm. It doesn't work that way all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the reconciliation comes in. It has to be the two ways. It has to be. Yes. For reconciliation to if occur. It's, if yes. it's possible. If it's possible, yes. If it's yes. possible. And I love the way you were explaining it before that, you know, if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, mm. cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. And so here we are, we're saying, all right, reconciliation, there is a confession part, there is a forgiveness part. 
But, you know, I read this statement called Mending Broken Bridges, and it says, he who cannot forgive others breaks the bridge over which he must pass. Mm. Helen, what, what about that? I mean, there are some really big issues here, and, um, and I, I hope I'm not jumping the gun too quickly, but if perchance we have a situation where maybe, um, maybe a person's son or daughter has been killed as a result of a, a, a car accident... Now, uh, you know, I mean, is, is forgiveness, is the expectation of Scripture that we actually forgive that person? I, uh, yes, yes. The expectation of Scripture is that we do forgive. Okay. But again, it's got to come to the heart, Gary. You can't just say, I forgive you. And that's it. In other words, is there a process here? Absolutely. That, okay, Absolutely. So sometimes yeah. forgiveness. Forgiveness. Uh, we on uh, on Monday, I certainly shared a story about the Amish people who suffered the yes. um, a, a number of twelve of their children were killed, yes. shot by a gunman. And their response, and it was such a powerful response that the media at the time took it up and really studied that particular response. Are we saying that that is a scriptural expectation? Well, the reason I believe yes, I believe yes with that, because God wants us to be at peace not just the fact of somebody somebody repenting, it's also the fact of the forgiveness because unless you can forgive someone, you will not have peace in your heart. Mm-hmm. And it is, I believe, a process. And often it's a process which we cannot do on our own. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about, and I, you know, I've read the story of the Amish and, and we talk about children getting killed. I talk to people a lot on this uh, this angle on forgiveness, mm. and I remember one gentleman. We t- I talked to him about it, and he was very angry with his wife. They had separated, and he was so angry with her, but he couldn't see that he had a part to play. Mm. And and I see this this a lot. Mm. Anyway, after sort of going through a few things with him, a few weeks down the track, he said to me, he said, "I went to see my wife," mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, that's interesting." I said. Number one, why? And number mm-hmm. two, what happened? He said, because I realized that I'm partly to blame. Mm-hmm. And he said, I have you and Pastor Will was there with me mm-hmm. to thank for that. And I said, how did it go? And he said, I think she was shocked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, well, that's quite quite normal. But mm-hmm. I said, did, did – um, he said, well, before you go any further, he said, I actually asked her to forgive me. Mm-hmm. And I said, and did she? And he said, Yes. I said, and how do you feel now? He said, I felt like a weight had just dropped off. And that's been the response you know? of so many people yeah. who have been carrying this, um, these burdens of unforgiveness there. They themselves have been carrying a weight. It's a terrible weight, Gary, a terrible weight. And, and, you know, I have people say, oh, well, what do you know about it? Well, let me just share something. Mm. I haven't had a child killed, but I have had a child that was abused physically and sexually. Mm-hmm. And I remember that when I heard and heard who it was, the person had already died. But I did rem- remark to Pastor Will at the time, for that split second, it was like I was no longer a Christian. 
Mm. I felt this knife in my heart. Mm. And I said, had he been alive, I would have found some way to try and kill him. Now, that's mm. a very unchristian attitude. Mm. Again, as I say, there's the heart problem, mm. that I had to take that to the yeah. Lord. And it was a process. It was an absolute process. But I can say to you now that God allowed, through mm-hmm. different means, mm-hmm. for me to be able to forgive. Mm-hmm. Now, I never thought that would be possible. Okay, can can you go through that process with us? Because I think that that process is so important because sometimes that ability to forgive doesn't just come in an instant. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. There's been other, other times in my life I've had to forgive. And, and I remember um, with my first husband, who was a terrific guy, he just kept loving all my girlfriends. Mm, mm. And, and it took me a while, and I had to pray earnestly to God, put love back in my heart. Mm-hmm. Be careful what you pray for, because he did put love back in, and I can say I love him to this day. Mm. But um, with this, this other thing that happened, which was so huge in my life, it took me a long time, Gary. It took me a long time. And the interesting thing was that what I was doing, I found I was doing, I was looking at that person as a monster. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I could think of, a monster that preyed on kids. Mm. You know, it just ruined my son's life completely. Mm. And even to this day, he still doesn't cope with it. Mm. And so for me, this person was a monster. And I found it very interesting that I, I was – inspired to go to a lecture mm-hmm. um, and it was one which I would not normally have gone to and yeah. it was in uh, Writer's Week and there was an author that had written a book. Mm-hmm. Now it was a fiction book, that's not my genre mm. but I went there I, I, I distinctly felt I was meant to be there so I sat there and I'm listening and the woman started by saying I do my research mm. I am not a fiction writer I'm actually a non-fiction writer, but she said, I'm a very lazy writer. Mm. And she said, and, and if I put it out as a non-fiction, then I have to put all my you know, little references and everything. She said, I'm very lazy. She said, so I make it into a novel, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. It was equally interesting that what she was talking about was the behavior of this particular man. Mm-hmm. And it, it just suddenly dawned on me. One thing she said, and I hope this helps some listener out there because mm-hmm. this really helped me in the process. <laughs> she said, don't look at them like a monster. Shrink them down to size. The mm. only thing I could think of was a film that said, "Honey, I shrunk the kids." Mm. I never saw the film, but I remember the the um, mm. title. Mm. And at that moment, I literally shrunk this person in my mind. Mm-hmm. And she said, "When you shrink them down, then look at them as a human being that do, that do monstrous acts." Mm. And I guess what? We are no different. Mm. We are all human beings and we all do things that are wrong. Mm. And it was just incredible for me because suddenly I could look at this character and I could even even empathize almost, you mm. know, and, and it was just a remarkable change for me mm. that I actually, when I got home, I thanked the Lord for allowing me to go through this process and also to show me that he's, he's God's creation just like you and I. But he does monstrous things. Now, that doesn't mean that you can suddenly say, all right, well, I forgive him now, you know, because he wasn't there. It did take a while, but I'm so glad that God... So you're saying there is a process here that you had to go... How long would it have been from the time that you, I suppose, had a, a, a mental conviction that you needed to respond in a certain way to the time when your feelings caught up with your mind? Was there a period of time there? 
Yeah, it was gradual, Gary. It wasn't just an overnight experience. Mm-hmm. No, um, but let me assure the let me assure the listeners. Let me assure the listeners that um, it may not happen overnight, but it will happen. Mm-hmm. And God is powerful. He mm-hmm. is so powerful to put that into our lives. Mm-hmm. And and now I can talk openly like I am with you now. I don't hold any resentment. I'm sorry. I'm saddened by what happened. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I no longer have that. Well, it was almost hatred, and I, I can't cope with hatred. What about if the person is still alive? I mean, does that mean that you know accountability? I should just you know ignore you know what they've what they've done. I mean, I've forgiven them. I mean, does accountability st- um, count, uh, jump in here at all? I don't think it means that that you ignore it. You're not condoning. You're not condoning it. I think no. that's important. It's very important, Gary, because there is there's a, a cause, there's a reaction. You know, there's there's a responsibility. Mm. So even though someone may, I remember one man who whose whose son was killed in a car accident, and he actually forgave the driver yeah. that, that had been drunk at the time, and and he forgave him. And I thought that was quite remarkable because he even put his arm around him, mm. you know, and and there was that, that reconciliation. But there are others that they just don't want that. Mm. They don't want that, Gary, and they can be almost rude to you, mm. you mm. know, mm. and um, that can be hurtful. Yeah, It can yeah. be hurtful. But I, I look to Christ at those moments and I think, well, Father, you, you, you went through this mm. when your son died on the cross. You know? But I'm conscious here, uh, Helen. Even in situations, for example, of of abuse, and unfortunately, yes. it's been it's been all too prevalent within the Christian church generally, yes. um, and certainly something that uh, we we would never uh, want want to see perpetrated. No. Uh, you know, I mean, let's say a person has been has been abused. You know, I mean, in the old days, one of the real struggles of the, I think that the Christian church generally is that okay, this doctrine of forgiveness kicked in. And the person was moved on and not held accountable. Uh, was that an appropriate response? Do you think? No. No. I think the person needs to needs to know or needs to be brought into account. Yeah. Um, for their sake. Yeah. As yeah. as well as as well as for yours. I'm reminded, and if you don't mind me bringing in Nelson Mandela. Sure. Um, he he taught a lot about forgiveness. Mm. It was quite amazing. And when he was released um, out of prison, he said, as I walked toward my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful, Gary. That is powerful. That is so powerful. Is powerful. He says also, it always seems impossible until it's done. Mm. And And often you can say, well, I could never forgive that person. Mm. And I mm. hear that a lot too. Yeah. Um, but it isn't impossible. All things uh, are possible with God. Yeah. You know, Mandela said if people can learn to hate, they can be taught to love, for love comes more naturally into the human heart than its opposite. Mm. Forgiveness liberates the soul, it removes fear, and that is why it's such a powerful weapon. But he said forgiveness is me giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. Mm. There's a key there, I yeah. believe. You know, because too often as humans, we want to get back. We want to have that vengeance. And the Lord says, vengeance is mine. Yeah. But he also yeah. said in that verse, when when you have been reconciled, if you can reconcile, then he says, come and offer your gift. Your yeah. heart is yeah. right. Yeah. So the objective is certainly to have reconciliation if, if that is if at possible. all possible. Yes. But... 
we recognise that sometimes it's actually not possible and yet when it's not possible the scriptures are still saying I want you to forgive irrespective of what the other person is actually doing and to me I think that's a very beautiful concept that's actually within the the Christian scriptures Let's go to, to some music. I, I love this song, Anthem Lights. It's uh, uh, the blood melody of victory in Jesus. I love the words of this song. All victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Come on! say about the end of the world. Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big questions for God with Pastor Gary. Today I have with me Helen Gray. Helen's the pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're asking, is the Christian teaching of forgiveness reasonable? And today particularly we're asking the question, how do I deal with those situations where reconciliation between myself and another party doesn't seem possible? Uh, Helen, bring it all together for us because I'm conscious that we are starting to come towards the end of our program. Bring it all together for us. 
Okay, well, thank you, Gary. I appreciate that I was able to talk on the forgiveness tonight. And we actually run a program, Forgive to Live. As Can you well. share with us just a little bit on that program? Because I think that's a, that's a really good program that I'd love to think that some of our listeners may be interested in. Yeah, I, I think it's important because the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. by the way, mm. when you stop and think about it. And what we do is we go through steps on, number one, what is forgiveness? Yeah. And, and why, why should we forgive? Yeah. You know, it took me a long time to understand myself what it means to forgive someone. You know, I always wondered how I could personally forgive someone who had really hurt me mm. as I, I said before and it takes a lot of soul searching and you know I realize that forgiveness is not just about accepting or excusing their behavior as we spoke about before it's about letting it go and preventing their behavior from destroying us okay and that's what it's happens so ways. often it's like it is like that yes. huge um, rock that people put in their shoe and it's just continually irritating uh, and and, and Till something is done about it. Yeah, and and that's a good good way to put it, Gary. Yeah, sometimes we forgive not because we're wrong, but because staying angry robs us of happiness. Mm. But again, it comes to the heart, mm. Gary. It comes to the fact of the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you, and we need to get to that point. So there are stages that we work through in the Forgive to Live program, mm-hmm. and you know, as I said. We need to. We deserve to have peace in our heart. That other person deserves to be saved. Mm-hmm. And and unless we can try and reconcile, and as we said before, it may not happen. But if we try, we have done what God has asked us to do. Yeah. I see yeah. you looking up your Bible. You've got a text in mind, Gary. Yeah. No. I I'm just so conscious. I suppose. Um, uh, Helen, that we're going to dig more into this one uh, tomorrow, but I'm, I'm conscious that you've just mentioned the issue of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I really appreciate, you know, Galatians chapter five, because in Galatians chapter five, you get, and we're going to dig into this tomorrow when, uh, Pastor David Butcher is actually with us, uh, where Paul here speaking to the Galatians says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. What the Holy Spirit, and there's many other gifts of the fruits of the Spirit that are there, but peace is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, if I'm carrying a huge burden around with me in my knapsack, what I most frequently don't have is peace. And yet when the Holy Spirit comes, what he gives is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. He gives an ability to be able to deal with the issues in this world in a totally different way. Can I add to that, Gary, by saying it's a peace that passes understanding? Mm-hmm. It's a piece that we don't, we just can't understand. Yeah, yeah. But that's a gift that he gives. And as I mentioned before, it's a step by step journey, forgiveness yeah. journey. And, and it's one we need to go through. But I think the ultimate is to remember that when Christ died on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For they know not what they do. And sometimes that's a prayer we need to pray for other people. Mm. Father, forgive them. They don't know the far-reaching effect mm. that their actions have caused, mm. you know. And and if if we they won't repent, or if they can't repent for, for whatever reason, we still can pray for them, and yeah. we can we can pray, Father, I too forgive so and so, and you know, include the person who's hurt you, and ask God to forgive them. That's a release in itself. 
you know, and, and this connecting, I think he, what you're doing is you're connecting the the work of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to come to this tomorrow, yeah. but also with the with the power of prayer for that particular individual, yes. because apparently within Scripture there seems to be a power in prayer that almost enlists the uh, the authority of God and the work of the Spirit, because the Spirit seems to respond. When believers pray, the Spirit seems to respond and can change hearts and minds. He can change my heart and mind, and he can change the other person's heart and mind. Amen. I know that for a fact because he changed mine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He changed my heart. He changed my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, as I said, it's just this is a huge topic, Gary. Oh yeah. This is an absolutely huge topic. We're just touching the tip of the iceberg here. We are. We are. You know. Are. And there's so many people that need help. Yeah. Yeah. Because it can it can affect you physically, as you know. I'm into health work, and it can affect so many areas physically mm. if you harbour it. And it's like I used to say to people, it's like you take a poison pill and hoping the other person drops dead. Mm. But mm. meantime, the poison pill is affecting you. And that is incredibly yeah. pa- – that's why this particular program, Forgive to Live, that I know you've actually been involved in. Uh, are you aware of – is one coming up in the near future at all? I'm actually not aware of one that's planned at the moment, Gary. Um, at the moment they're doing um, the Optimising the Brain, mm-hmm. which is also an interesting one. We have many programs, CHIP program, which is Complete Health Improvement yeah, Program. Yeah, yeah. There are lots of excellent programs. Yeah, and, yeah. by the way, some of these they can actually log on and do online now. Yep. through Avondale College in But New if South a person Wales. wanted to get hold of uh, there, there is a there is a book that a person could get hold oh, yes. of that you'd recommend can yes. you just just share well, share, share that the, the book that I have here and I think you referred to it the other night is uh, Breakthrough Research and it's called Forgive to Live How Forgiveness Can Save Your Life by Dr. Dick Tibbetts I was interested in one day I also do part-time work for the library in mm-hmm. Gawler and I walked in one day and here was this book mm-hmm. as one of their new books and I picked it up and I went to my supervisor and I said have you read this she said no I said you need to read this mm. because I know she has an issue mm. and she said do I I said absolutely and you need to read it now Mm. You know, because it was so important. You weren't sacked. No, it wasn't sacked. <laughs> I said, I'm, st- I'm just stunned. You've got it there. Yeah. It's a really, really good book. So check with your library. Um, you can get it through um, our resource centre here. Um, I don't know if you've given out the number at all or through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, forgive to live. You can pick it up yes. online. Uh, how forgiveness can save can save your life, Helen. I'm just Thanks, wondering. Gary. We are coming very close to the end of our program, yeah. Helen. I'm just wondering. Would you like to pray? There may be people out there who are struggling with this issue of forgiveness. I'm just wondering. Would you like to pray Love for those Gary. individuals? Love to. Yeah. Thanks. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for the fact of the life that you give us. We want to thank you for the road that we go down. We don't often appreciate it, Lord, and there's so many hurts. Father, I just pray that if there's something, someone listening tonight, that they can sense that you are there with them and that you want to take their burden. And, and Father, the, the, the promises in Scripture we can stand on, Lord, that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive them. But that includes that we need to forgive so you can forgive us completely. Mm-hmm. I know you want to, Lord, and we don't want to be a blockage. So if there's anybody listening that needs help in this area, Lord, I pray they will be directed by the Holy Spirit to perhaps get this book or join in the next course that comes up um, and they can check on that one, Lord. Please, please be with them that they may too find the peace 
peace that you gave to me when I was able to forgive, but only through your power. Lord, bless them. Bless all the listeners tonight and and bless Gary too that he is doing this program and may it help many people. I pray in the loving name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Helen, thank you so much for joining us today. Our time is up. Thank you so much for listening, for joining uh, Pastor Pastor Gary and Helen Gray on the Drive Time Show. Tomorrow we're going to continue our discussion when we ask, what part does the Holy Spirit play in changing hearts and minds? You're going to discover how God can do the impossible. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing you at tomorrow. But until then, please remember that Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May the Lord richly bless you this evening. Please enjoy Anna Weatherup at the cross. Alas, and did my Saviour bleed? Did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head Someone such as I At the cross, at the cross Where I first saw the Receive